And welcome once again to another episode of the Horizon Roundtable. Very exciting show coming here for you. I'm Bob McDonald, and with me, uh, my faithful co-host, who puts up with all my suggestions on Fridays, Jimmy Lemke. Hi, how's it going? I'm around. I'm here. <laughs> nice. I'm still alive. Yeah. Um, especially <laughs> after last week, man. Um, <laughs> oh, man. And, and Jimmy's Jimmy is that Panther U, and if um, – and be sure to uh, follow the Horizon Roundtable Twitter account. Yeah, we actually Her- have like our own Twitter account now. So we do, we you do. Know, so you definitely want to, yeah, you definitely want to pay attention to that. Horizon at Horizon RT. Uh, definitely some things going on there. Um, that you know that, that we're looking probably to ramp that up a little bit more. So, uh, like I said, Jimmy, very exciting. Uh, very exciting show this week. Uh, we have yeah. Chris Schutte from Mid-Major Madness on today. Chris, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to happy to join and ready to talk some Horizon League basketball. Horizon That's League it. basketball. Horizon League basketball. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Um, and Jimmy, I, I got to say I was really excited because uh, Chris is uh, very well versed in IUPUI. And yeah. I was really excited to talk about that. And then this week happened. <laughs> Well, I'm, there's nothing wrong with talking about IUPUI, but if you want to, you want to get into yes. just my my mess, you're more than welcome to. Oh, that takes priority. Jump right into you were really fired it takes up about priority. It yeah, I was it fired does. up about it, but I'm like, I the, the more I get into it, the more I realize that like, I'm really just, I'm just gonna lose more and more of my sanity if I continue to just keep getting just completely bothered by what should be just the norm by now um so for those of you who are not aware um on monday jimmy you want to mention uh because it's funny we we, last episode we talked about we talked about transfers kind of being the norm now and then you know we post the podcast on monday morning and monday afternoon three milwaukee players announce their transfer and it wasn't just three Milwaukee players. It was the three best Milwaukee players. That was the and, part that really bothered me. Yeah. And for those of you who were not, uh, and Jimmy, those were, I'm sorry, for, for those who probably didn't catch that news. Yeah, Bryce Enzi, Brock Stull, and Jeremiah Bell, all three of them starters, announced their intentions to transfer. Um now, just a little small little bit of background. Jeremiah Bell was one of Laval Jordan's first and only recruits of his only recruiting class for Milwaukee. Um, Bryce NZ never played for, but was a Rob Jeter recruit who uh, was convinced by Val Jordan to stick around. Um, he was quite impressed by Laval Jordan. I don't think he was quite as impressed by Pat Baldwin. And then uh, Brock Stahl has actually just been, you know, a team player for, I think Brock's been there since I was in school like eight years ago. Um, he's, Bro- so it- he's, he's, he's been around, you know, he's, he was, he was, he played for Jeter. He played for Val. He played a year for Baldwin. I mean, this, that's the first now, if I'm three not mistaken, years the, of the three of transfers, career. Brock Stahl is a, 
is the only one that is a grand tr- grad transfer who has immediate eligibility, if I understand it correctly. Yeah, Bryce Enzi. Um, Bryce Enzi does not have I – mean, he, he's going to be a two-year guy, but he's going to have to sit out. And Jeremiah Bell is going to be a two-year guy. He's going to have to sit out. Um, now, Bryce Enzi was a guy who had um, – we were recruiting against some high majors, and then he had some problems with his knee in high school junior Uh senior year so we actually got you know we got a chance to get the kid because you know all these uh, his 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 doctors telling these coaches you know he's he's fine he'll be fine it was two injuries on the same knee so people were kind of wary about it because they thought it was a thing but it was both both of the they weren't basketball injuries or sports injuries they were both injuries that happened on um they were kind of freak injuries like it was like one was like him like uh, twisting it as he was like uh, carrying like a like a like, like some a heavy load downstairs or something, so it had nothing to do with basketball, and it really wasn't going to affect basketball once the injury was over. But you know, Jeter and his staff were like the only ones that, or at least the the best ones in Bryce Enzi's mind that were willing to you know continue looking past it. Now Brock Stull was a Duffy Conroy uh, find recruit out of, you know, Chicago suburbs. So he should have gotten some attention, but for some reason, whatever reason, he, he wasn't. He's just a heck of an athletic kid. And he's a good kid, and he's put up with a whole lot, which, which makes it just so surprising that so close to the finish line of his collegiate career, he'd be looking to move. And the what what kind of bothers me with that is that after all the business surrounding the postseason snub and the Jeter firing and just all the Amanda Braun stuff. And I really didn't even want to say her fucking name today. (laughs) 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 And, um, you know, following all that stuff and then, you know, really buying into Laval Jordan, you know, he had to, he had to get into a new coach and, when when Pat Baldwin was hired, or really before he was hired, I I talked to a lot of coaches. I talked to a lot of uh, Division One, Division uh, Three, some uh, JUCO guys, D one assistants. Just talking to a bunch of different people to get an idea, and a lot of the people were saying, you know, he's a really great guy but I don't know if he's like the right coach. I don't know if he's a guy who should be a head coach. He's, he seems like more like the jovial guy to get you around. Well, it, it sounds like from, from the rumors is that he's not so much the jovial guy for, you know, for, to the players. Um, the rumor that surfaced on the message boards and has, I, I, I wouldn't, I can't say confirmed. Because everybody I've talked to on it is, it was not, you know, first, you know, they're all secondary sources. A guy who heard from a guy who heard from a guy. (laughs) Well, no, it wasn't a guy who heard from a guy. I'm talking about like the players involved, like their roommates. Oh. They're, yeah, like their roommates, their friends, people who are, you know, all about the program were, you know, Jeter guys and then ball, you know, and then Jordan guys. And then, you know, Pat Baldwin comes through and the players are 
not as responsive to him. The rumor that surfaced on the message board from another, a different poster was that um, Pat Baldwin called them in over Christmas. I don't know if it was on Christmas or one of the days around Christmas. He called them in because he needed them to do. He he told them that they had to show up for practice, and generally they were not terribly happy about it. Sure. Which I, I mean, I get it. You know, they're kids. It's 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 something they want to be with their families. Uh-huh. He uh, when they show up, all he has them do is sign a sheet of paper. I don't know what so... the paper was about, but he had them just sh- sign a sheet of paper. And one of the kids didn't show up because he was not in the state. He was already back to his family, and that kid actually ended up getting suspended for a game. Looking back, it looks like it was Jeremy Johnson. Um, oh. There was no announcement or anything by that. Jeremy gotcha. Johnson is a kid, who, a kid who announced his transfer a couple weeks ago. Now, you know, these these three transfers from Monday are are actually number three, four, and five for Baldwin because so, the I mean, uh, point, that kind of, point I mean, guard, I, point guard having... sometimes starter August Haas and Jeremy Johnson. I, I, I just I want to say this, like, that what does that is do something... to a, If you have that, if that, you have that kind of, even – even beyond that, what does that what does that do to a program when you have so much turnover? I mean, well, yeah, the, I get the, the, tur- idea, the I get turnover the idea. is one thing. I don't think that the Christmas thing was a big deal because you know, I, you know, the kids the kids complain about it, but I, I I'd say to these guys like, you know, this is something that happens in Division One a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I know of. I know Gary Waters doing stuff like that. I know of Harry Watson doing stuff like that. I know of, um, oh, you know, Ron Hunter once did that back at Ui Pui. You know, there were, there, there's, everybody's done, you know, everybody's done things like this. And, and yeah, not everybody, and but, you know, Jeter did, uh, Jeter did the same thing. Uh, maybe 10 Gary years Waters ago. isn't the best example because he had people transferring out of his program every year. But no, it, it, I think you're absolutely right. I think it's just a, um, it, it's one of those. I think that part of it is, I mean, it is the nature of the beast in college basketball. But to have, it wasn't All for us. Guys. It was. It was not. It was not a thing for us until no. March 2016. Transfers were not a problem for Milwaukee. No, they lost. Not. They lost two players: Justin Jordan and Jaquan McLeod. To uh-huh. leave. Just Justin Jordan left in November of the 15-16 season. He was pissed uh-huh. that he wasn't starting point guard. Now, just to give you an idea, in 2015-16, our starting point guard was Jordan Johnson who finished the season second in the nation in assists to Kay Felder. There was no way that Justin Jordan, I don't care who your uncle is, was going to be starting over Jordy Johnson. That just wasn't going to happen. No, no, it wasn't. The other kid that left, that left was Jaquan McLeod. He was plant. He like, he left the program. He was kind of, uh, he was kind of annoyed because he thought that he was going to be like this. He, he figured that, by you know, looking at the talent, he was never promised it, but he figured that mm-hmm. he was going to end up being the centerpiece of the program. And it's like you know, there's Tybee and Springs and stuff. Like your time will come, but you're you know just sit tight. Well, he ended up, he went home. He spent a couple months like at home in the beginning of the like like February, January, February, like in the February March like time. He ended up like he was he made good with Jeter. He made good with the staff. He made good with the players. He was probably coming back. But 
since since that firing and it, it was more than just the firing i mean it's just been a it's just been a revolving door and yes there's going to be some turnover you know mm-hmm. austin arians was like 75 80 ready to go anyways sure, uh, not sure. not re- not ready so he was 75 percent, 80 percent, like coming back and then jeter, the jeter the, you know they screwed him out of the you know man screwed him out of the playoff the postseason he was he was at least halfway there. And then all of a sudden now he's like, okay, well, you know, what's the reason to stick around? I got my degree. I'm going to go on. All these guys had to deal with, you know, all these guys had to deal with different stuff from the program. And eventually it just becomes, well, what the hell is it for? You know, stability, there has to be stability in the program. And through the revolving doors of the door of athletic directors, Rob Jeter was that stability, whether or not he was, he wasn't achieving at the level that fans wanted. And he wasn't achieving at the level that would have let a man, you know, would have had the, the Amanda Brown want him to stick around. So he had to go in her mind, but there, he was, there was a, he was a stable force. The Laval Jordan thing was just, it it, it was, it kind of just, it sucked, but it was what it was. And then, you know, just the the Pat Baldwin thing. I think, uh, you know, he came in. And I don't think Pat Baldwin really made a concerted effort to win over the guys that were there. I think he kind of wants his own players, which a lot of people want their own players. But sure, we also in Milwaukee, we saw this last season where we were they were basically five hundred, uh-huh. and they were a couple small things like the three point defense was awful. And they were going to need to replace the Brett Prawl. Sure. But largely, this was a team that was coming back. This uh-huh. was a team that was going to be right. And like, hey, maybe the maybe the the reboot because the Horizon League is so shitty. Maybe yeah. maybe there will be room for the team to actually, you know, maybe maybe they could, you know, make a couple of runs. And maybe they could actually like win. And like be like second in a terrible conference, and maybe you know pass there, maybe even like have a good enough team to get into the tournament. So, so Milwaukee fans had higher hopes, sure, for the twenty seventeen, you know, twenty eighteen nineteen season, mm-hmm. and now it's literally hitting that reset button for the third off season in a row. I think you know, the worst part of this is the fact that this happens so far into the spring signing period mm-hmm. where well where you, well it doesn't I matter mean, for baldwin because he offers 55 people scholarships every offseason anyways like he, they, he gives out scholarship off, it, it, that's another thing that's happened in college basketball like the transferring that maybe has become that's, a, a, maybe, a, a, maybe i need to used to is the fact that we scholarship have... offers mean nothing anymore no, if no. you get a scholarship offer, it means that they they looked at you and they think, hey, we might want you on our team. So and, like, if I'm know, a player and I get a scholarship offer, I don't care. Like all I'm using, all I'm really seeing it is as a, another name to add to the list to to get better schools on. You know, hey, you know, I Milwaukee's th- looking at me. Maybe I you know other mid majors should look at me. One of the other things too is, and, and maybe, and again, this is something I that I have to get used to myself is that. You have so many graduate transfers who have immediate eligibility who are still sitting out there right now. And so you now have a situation where the spring signing period is almost 
second, I mean, I don't want to say it's almost secondary because obviously you're going to have plenty of students who are, you know, plenty of student athletes are going to be starting to do that period. But you also have now this graduate transfer dynamic that has just exploded over the last two or three years. And speaking from person of personal experience, having to deal with this, where you can get somebody who's probably you can get uh, somebody with quite a bit of experience almost immediately. And we've yeah. seen that we've seen that we've seen that occur over the course of again, over the last, especially over the course of the last three to four years where, yeah, you know, you, you, we can complain all the live long day about mid majors coming in with graduate tra- uh, losing graduate transfers and I'm um, but at the same time you also now have the dynamic of those people coming back um, those, those those graduate transfers coming into mid-major programs like the Horizon League and so um, it may not be as effective I think the big thing especially in Milwaukee's case is as you pointed out the sp- stability of it all now you are you now go from it's morally a matter of now you go from a point where you could have competed in the upper half of the horizon league to now there's a whole crap ton of questions for you. Well, I mean, Tejan Luke is going to have to sit out a year, so Uh there's no, you know, they're not going to be able to have him in the program. So yes, he's a good player, but He's not going to do anything for us here for the first year. And obviously that's a Paris Parham recruit. So you can already chalk one up to Parham for this offseason. But like, sure. We don't have, yeah, but Milwaukee's got, you know, Amanda got her guy. So Mm -hmm. as far as stability is concerned, ride or die, you know, Pat Baldwin is going to be the coach. Yeah. Because this was the athletic director's choice. If you, if you remember last year, again, when Laval Jordan was hired, he was not Amanda Braun's choice for the job. Um, Amanda Braun's choice for the job was TJ Olselberger, who ended up yeah. as the head coach at South Dakota State. And, and yes, and he got Mike John back, by the way, for another year. Oh, that's so. right. Yeah, I, I knew that. I knew that was. I knew that was happening. You know, Dom's a guy who needs another year for. And, and that's and it's, again. It's, I, I find that interesting that with all of these things, <laughs> I, we. I know we keep beating this to death, but. <laughs> You still see a, and, and of course South Dakota State being part of the Summit League, and being a part of, from what I can tell, and I, I maybe correct me if I'm wrong, it just seems like an overall. Um, imp- there are far faster improvements in the Summit League within the Summit League as a whole than there are in the Horizon League, and well, this that, is just that a, sentence just implies a, that there have been improvements in the Horizon League. <laughs> yes, and that's. I, 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 we should probably talk about IUPUI because I want to like I want to clear the air on this. IUPUI yeah. is an is is perfectly fine fit for the Horizon League of 2018. That's that's the that's what we kind of have to like realize is that the Horizon League of 2018 ain't the Horizon League of 2011. It's not even the Horizon League of 2015, man. Or, I mean, or even really the Horizon isn't... League of like 2005. Yeah. Like like when 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 UWM when we had our you know at Milwaukee when we had our biggest years, a uh, 04, 05, you know, 0, 0, 02, 03 to like 05, 06. 
Yeah. The conference was not great because you know, 203 Butler was the only great team. And then they fell off after their sweet, you know, their sweet 16 and 03 for a few years. And they, they just were starting to get back at 0506. So like the horizon league really wasn't a good conference over those years. Yeah. I mean, you I mean, I, I, oh, no, if not... I, if I even say Mike oh. Garland's name, you're going to oh. start to have like <laughs> hives on your arm. You're going to start scratching. It's, that's a that was a that conference was like 18th or 19th in the country. It was. I think the it, Horizon League was what 27th in the country this year. Yeah, I it mean, was. That's yeah. That's and for and that's it's, so awful. And and again, as I as I've mentioned multiple times over multiple episodes, as as much you know, hand wringing and complaining about IUPUI that fans had. They finished in the top half of the Horizon League standings this year. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I said I think they're a pretty good fit for 2018 Horizon League. In fact, and Chris, you could probably jump in on this one. I'm sure IUPUI is probably kicking themselves from leaving the Summit League at this point. (laughs) Well, they're in a unique situation where they are probably taking a step back in terms of, you know, quality of, of the basketball being played. Um, but the Horizon League is just a better fit for IEPY. I mean, with geographically, yeah, ge- geographically, and just in terms of, you know, when you have to go out to say, you make the Dakotas uh, road trip, that's that takes a toll on the players and everybody uh, that I talked to on the team. Um, you know, last summer when I found out the news, they said that the thing they were most excited about was just not having to do the travel and is it just takes such a toll on their body. And by the time you get to the end of the season, you're just kind of running on fumes. And I think that this season, uh, they showed that, you know, they're probably uh, uh, able to compete in the horizon league. Um, clearly, clearly, clearly I know a lot of (laughs) the stuff in the preseason from like, you know, media days had them projected to get last. Some of that might've been, you know, they're the new new kid on the block. We don't really know what to expect. I, I I'm I'm the first to admit that I, I considered the I considered the addition to panic an ad that was made in panic of losing Valpo. Yeah. That I have I have I have been I be I'm the first to admit to say that. <laughs> yeah. And, and never I, really backed off that statement. But again, and and I think the where we are at now is that and maybe it's because of the fact a you know, Maybe it's because of the fact that we are in a, at a point in the Horizon League where, for one reason or another, and it's a lot of different things, coaching changes, transfers, you know, schools leaving the conference, which all of these things have always happened. This is not a new thing within the Horizon League. This mm-hmm. is this this is something that's been going on since the '90s, when the when the the group of whatever what was called the MidCon, a bunch of teams came in back in '93, '94, and this is this has been going on forever and ever and ever. But it seems that in this year, this past season, in in particular the 
even with adding IUPUI, and they weren't the they adding IUPUI, and they weren't the anchor of the conference. Not even close. They were they were in the top half of the conference mm-hmm. in basketball. No, they were pretty good. I was I, I'm yeah. impressed. I think I think Gardner's got something going there. Yeah, I I, I, I really like him. Yeah, and I I think yeah I think I don't know if he's Ron Hunter, but he's pretty good. Ron Hunter was yeah, fantastic at getting individual talent. Yeah, that, that's yeah, that's where mean, Gardner's and he's obviously sure that he can continued that. that. Hunter's obviously continued that at Georgia State. I think Gardner has done a really good job of kind of setting a philosophy for how he wants to build a team. He's going to, you know, he's going to go after those kids in Indiana, which has just a ton of high school talent throughout the state. You know, those kids that, the ones that aren't going to get, you know, looked at by the Butlers, the IUs, the Purdue's you can find really talented players inside the state that are perfect for the horizon league. Like a kid like Jalen Minnette, who was, he came on really strong towards the end of the season uh, from Terre Haute. You can find guys that can really score and might not have like the, you know, the recruiting accolades they are not going to be three, four star guys, but they're guys that can help you win games. And then on the other end, he's kind of carved out a nice space as kind of being, an outlet for, you know, those transfers that we talked about earlier, these guys that have maybe played their high school ball in, in the state or in Indianapolis and saying, Hey, why don't you either come finish your career here or come play here? I mean, they just got a, a guy the other day, Marcus Burke from Campbell, who averaged, I don't know, 14 a game that played his high school uh, career. Now, question for, for him. Um, and I can't remember. Is he, is, is he immediately eligible or does he have to sit out a year? I can't uh, no, I think he'll be a uh, sit one and have gotcha. two years of eligibility. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I, I couldn't remember if he was or not. He's a good player. He can, he can fill it up. Um, but yeah, I, I think he's kind of have had an interesting uh, approach to the school as far as, you know, just bring in local kids and seeing what you can get. And I mean, if you can find some, some talent, I mean, they've got a kid who from a Juco that was originally at Purdue for a year, Grant Weatherford. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got Cameron justice who sat out this year. who's a transfer from Vanderbilt who played his high school basketball with Evan Hall. I mean, you saw Ron Patterson last year, um, originally played committed to IU played at Syracuse, uh, finished his, his career in, his home state. So I, I think that that's a really good way to, to build a program, especially in this particular, you know, and that's something in, we, in their situation. And that's something we have seen yeah. in, in previous years in Cleveland state being a good example of, you know, Gary, when Gary waters was here, Gary waters was all about um, getting transfers saying, especially the kids who might've been local Mm-hmm. Said, hey, come on in, um, come on, in, you know, come on home. I mean, we saw that with, you, you saw that in on multiple occasions with, you know, with Trey Lewis, with, um, you know, with with John, with John Harris, even earlier than that. I mean, and there was a basis. There was, and and I, it sounds like IUPUI is doing that exact same thing, which is, which is kind of as you said, and I agree with you the best way to approach this. And I think it's a good thing that 
it, it's something to think about moving forward, especially in the environment we are now in in college basketball now, where you have a crush of stu- crush of players who are looking to move. A lot of them, probably, more now than there ever than there ever have been at any point in time. Now it seems um, it's it's it hasn't grown as much as people say, but it's still quite a few. Yeah, um, the grad transfers are the ones that uh, have jumped up, and yeah. and to be sure, grad transfers are still only like two percent of college basketball players. But it's sure. It's two percent when it used to be like six guys. Like, yeah, exactly. It was, it, it's it, kids are understanding that hey, they can go somewhere, and I honestly I think they should. Because yeah, it's funny. They're, they're and it's funny that you know, the grad transfer has destiny. yeah, the yeah. grad transfer has always been there. It's just when some of the more you know we some of the more prominent players than mid majors were getting a a when. You know, when a Brandon Wood goes from Valpo to Michigan State, you know, you didn't hear as much about it when he did that. Um, But then it gets way more years later. And then you get into a situation where Cleveland State is the poster child about what's going on, what's wrong with this whole thing, which, of course, you know, nobody ever wants to forget about because we have seriously long memories of Cleveland and we – I don't know what that, that except when it comes to LeBron. Apparently, it's the general. Um, it's the general studies major you have. Yeah, it's but the, you, it's the general studies major because sure. you can. There's a, there's a Absolutely. there's a path for kids. There's a path for kids to graduate fast at Cleveland State. That's right. That's a, and and in a relatively easy way. That's a little difficult to stomach, but it's the truth. That's just how. That's just how it is. Sorry, you man. Have to out where to get past it. I mean, I'm not. I'm. Yeah, I'm not complaining. I, I mean, I like. I want. I want Cleveland State to be good too, and I think Dennis Felton's going to be. Uh, I, I am. I'm. I was always higher on Dennis Felton than any of you guys were. Oh no, um, I know. I know. I'm. I'd be again. I'm also the first to admit, not my first choice. Well, I'm, I'm just saying, like he's he's the the guy had the guy got ran out of a place that wanted to be more than they were. Georgia. I mean, uh, uh, I mean, he he was basically stuck. I mean, he was he was the guy post Jim Herrick. I mean, let me tell you something. Yeah. Having having actually had to study the whole Jim Jim Herrick dynamic, um, I actually did the I actually did a paper in grad school about you know all the shenanigans he had to he you know contended with. You you look at it and you see. But but he and he also understands it. If you ever heard Dennis Felton interview, he understands the entire dynamic and he's totally okay with it. Whereas, he, you know, before we had Gary Waters, who was, you know, who basically perpetuated the whole woe is me thing for two years and ultimately led to him no longer being there. Dennis Felton gets that. And I guess that's probably something we didn't understand initially. When he was first, well, I think I think Dennis Felton understands the the bad side. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, he's a guy who's he's a guy who's been around, and he's a guy who understands what it's like to get close to the spotlight and have to clean up somebody else's mess. To be sure, Gary Waters was too, but yeah. oh, well. because you know he he you know that lead day with nothing. Penn State. That elite eight with Kent State is cool, and then and then the uh, and then past that, you know, go, you know, going to Rutgers, he just didn't have 
it's hard to get Rutgers going just like it's hard to get Georgia going. They are not basketball yeah. schools. That's true. Rutgers really isn't even a sports school, but don't tell <laughs> you know, don't tell Jim Delaney that. Oh man! Yeah, let's, let's not still, get into Rutgers. Talk I yet. cannot get. Yeah, I still not. can't get past the stupid idea of adding Rutgers over UConn. Like I don't get it. But whatever, oh, fine. Yeah. I'm not a Big Ten fan, so I'm fine with it. <laughs> I I could care. I you know, living in the land of Ohio State, which is God in Ohio. I I look at it as this perspective. I have two degrees. Neither of them say Ohio State on it. I'll watch the Ohio State-Michigan game. Other than that, it is, I, I don't necessarily care. Um, but to, uh, regardless of everything, uh, you know, the, the transfers and, you know, the, it's not so much prominent now as it was maybe last year, beginning of last year. But it, it seems to me it was kind of – last season was kind of a perfect storm of um, – the high, the top teams aren't as you had Wright State and Northern Kentucky. They were the top teams, and they weren't as. It would have been nice to have a Valpo in that mix, but then you had Valpo leave. You had Wright State and Northern Kentucky, who were still good, still very good. But then you also have an Oakland that was that under that underperformed, uh, Milwaukee, which was working with its third third head coach in what two years you have the Youngstown State and the Youngstown State and Cleveland State situation where they're breaking in new head coaches you had a down year for Green Bay um, UIC which to me kind of didn't get going until later well obviously because they they were they, they were done and the, I mean they were they were they were they won the, what they get they finished uh they lost in the finals of the cbi right yeah and they finished yeah yeah they finished third in the conference but they that's, they, a, they, that's a big they, that's a big deal though yeah that is a big deal because i'll say this in my mm-hmm. in my research for you know when amanda braun was being stupid in march of 16 uh-huh she 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 held him out of the postseason because she didn't want Rob. G- she wanted to fire Rob Jeter, and I'm like, and I'm like, well, sure. you don't. You can fire a coach and let one of the assistants be an interim. Of course. I mm-hmm. mean, Illinois, Illinois literally did it like right after she like said no to the postseason. Like they went to the NIT sure. after firing John Gross. Mm-hmm. In my research for that, I found the teams that went to the CBI CIT that did very well saw themselves maybe not the following year but two three years down the road reaching very very high heights i mean the most glaring example case in point loyola case in point loyola yes absolutely absolutely and that's that's something that mid-majors have been able to take advantage of it's more basketball it's more competitive basketball in a postseason environment it doesn't fucking matter I'm sorry. I need to stop acting like that. That woman sit, sitting in front of me, and I. I don't know, just... <laughs> but you, you you do have a point. Uh, the the only yeah. So you had you had it was such a strange dynamic in the Horizon League where you had the high t- the teams that are near the top the 
you know, Northern Kentucky goes to the NIT, Wright State goes to the NCAA tournament, UIC goes to the CBI and gets really far there. And then yeah. you have this just tremendous drop off. And that's where we were at last season. And right at the bottom, because we have to talk about them again, because they still don't have a freaking head coach, Detroit Mercy. <laughs> Detroit Mercy still is apparently, you know, if you can tell me what the hell's going on with Detroit Mercy, you are you are <laughs> smart, much smarter and more <laughs> more in tune with what's going on over there than I am. Well, and I apparently think, anybody I, else. I, I think Carrick Jones is about to be the head coach at Detroit. Because um, I don't, I don't know. Still disappointed in no Gary Waters at Detroit rumors. What the hell? Come on. Uh, Perry Watson's still alive, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, th- it's gotten to the yeah, point I love where Perry Watson, man, He's it has gotten to the yeah. point. The point where friggin', I mean. Tony Paul is hearing rumors about Rick Pitino. And and incidentally, the only time, the only words that Detroit Mercy has said about this coaching search that make any kind of progress and makes it seem like they're having any kind of progress is they tweeted out, oh, no, we contrary to uh, contrary to previous reports, we're not talking to Rick Pitino. That's literally the only thing they've talked about. And oh well, we'll we'll get into the we'll we'll be talking about talking to qualified candidates soon. I'm sorry, it's a month later. You fired Bakari Alexander a month ago, and you're I still fucking around with it. I, I mean, they're they're still Detroit Mercy is like Milwaukee. Yeah. In that there are a shitload of problems in how the university and athletics communicate and how how it works there. The difference is that it's private so that they can get their shit together, they're, and that's probably what they're doing. But they're, they're not! That's the other problem. They're not. They're just being... Well, just because you're... Just because you haven't hired a coach, if you haven't got... If you haven't got the right guy, it doesn't matter. They're not going to win next year anyways. So, you know, hiring the right coach is by far most important thing. You know, they... they they gut check went for Bakari Alexander because in their minds, he was the perfect, you know, the guy who was the alum who was at the high major as an assistant nearby. And it, and it didn't work out so very badly, but they will figure it out. If I, I would, if I'm a Detroit mercy fan, I would rather they figure out how to navigate the current landscape of Detroit area basketball by getting the right guy rather than just uh, just promoting JJ Jermaine Jackson full time and becoming a full on banded program. I mean maybe that's the direction they want to go. You know, maybe they want to do that, but I wouldn't I you know, I wouldn't just jump to that conclusion. Jermaine Jackson's going to be there a month from now, two months from now, three months from now, if they want him to be. So if you're going to, if you're going to continue with another alum and, you know, just kind of throw away the next year, like you can, you can basically just, you can sit on that one for a little while. Um, I, I, if I'm the AD there, I'm taking my time. 
Because obviously Bakari Alexander was the wrong choice. You got to make sure that the next one's the right one. So I'm not terribly worried by it. They weren't going to do crap in 2018-19 anyways. Yes, you want to get a coach in so that they can get they can get everything ready to go. But, you know, it, it's there. There's always going to be candidates because as for as many coaches as there are, there's only 351 schools or however many we have. There's only 351 jobs to be mm-hmm. head coach of a Division one basketball program. And Detroit Mercy is one that pays pretty darn well. Maybe the guy really? is not going to make what Bakari Alexander is is making, but he'll make some good money and things should be fine. It's just going to be a matter of making, you know, doing your due diligence. The the wording of that sounds kind of odd to me. You know, we will be ta- speaking with people soon. Yeah. That's a little odd, but I, I would be surprised if they hadn't already been talking to people. I would think that you would think they would have already been talking to people already. I mean, it's, it's, it, 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 it's, I mean, yeah, I mean, I understand the whole thing about taking your time, but I mean, all right. I mean, you're, and maybe because of the fact that we, the, the recruiting has, well, maybe, maybe they, maybe they have, but they're a private school. They don't have to tell anybody. And I understand that, but the other, <laughs> and they're, yeah, they're not going to be good next year. Yeah, it's pretty obvious they're not going to be good next year, but now you're in a situation where you don't even know who's going to be on the team next year at this point. How does the Horizon League really shake out? I mean, we should probably talk about that before we wrap up everything. Yeah. And, and that, yeah, that, that's my, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Is IUP, is IUP going to win the conference? <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, uh, yeah. Northern, yeah. Northern Kentucky and Wright State are are at the top yeah. until they they until proven otherwise. I I wanted to ask you guys uh, about sure. Northern Kentucky. Um, I I had John Brandon on our podcast uh, sometime during the season, just kind of talking about you know where that program had come in in recent years. Do you think that? One, Brandon is still coaching there within like five years or two if they're still no. in, like even in no. the league. No. Um, I, I don't think so either. It depends no, on the it, success. He's he's yeah. he's interviewed for other jobs. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I was going to say, I saw his name getting tossed around a lot uh, this spring, and it's I think it's only a matter of time before he gets picked yeah. off by a, and, by and, a bigger school. Which, we, which is the reality for yeah. our programs. Yeah. I mean, we in, had, in Milwaukee, we watched Tom Crean go from Marquette that thought they were a destination to IU. So if if you know if if Marquette had a guy went to the Final Four and was in a conference at the time that was major, if not high major, we are definitely stepping stones. Yeah, yeah. For ten years, so we we all have to look at guys. Like yeah. we're going to lose them one day. And I don't I, think for Oakland it's a little different because yeah. it's now when when does Campy decide to retire? Yeah. yeah, that guy's got unlimited energy. I think he could probably play coach for another fifteen years if he really yeah. wanted to. I don't think he'll want to because the guy's already like sixty yeah. or sixty three or something. He had that that health scare last summer too. Yeah, yeah. but it was it, so, it sounded like it was a pretty uh, like a like a fluke thing. Like yeah. it wasn't uh, it wasn't like. Have, you know, exhaustion from 
being a Division One coach. Yeah. We all have to realize that our coaches are going to be moving on. So you have to get, uh, you have mm -hmm. to make sure that your the the people who are permanent, yeah, your donor, your donors, your your program, that your shareholders of your program, mm -hmm. are able to control how the program sets its expectations for an athletic director as far as hiring. Yeah. So an AD, and, an AD, a chancellor, president, they need to know, number one, that men's basketball is the priority. Number two, how to hire. And number three, you have to have a, you have to have a list. Yeah. You have to have an ongo and, ongoing list of people that you're ready to, ready to and, you know, bring in for conversations if you need them to. And I know we talked about, talked with, uh, Jack Talley from uh, Valhalla Vanguard mm -hmm. a few episodes back, and then Chris Hart before that, and, and Northern the, the Northern Kentucky fans understand that John Brannon is on the up and up. Mm -hmm. So it, it's one of those things where they understand it. They like Jimmy said, they want to be prepared for the afterwards, and and I brought this up a couple of times, and I see it mostly as a I would like to see what happens is as relates to how the order of succession happened at Valpo yeah you you have the you had the Drew dynasty and then you know and then you had one of their assistants come in and take over you know when Campy finally does decide to to leave, you know there's a lot of people out of his. There's a lot of there's a lot of coaches out of his coaching tree, even though they may not be currently with him right now. That would chomp at the bit to go back to to Oakland to head coach, and there is that infrastructure there. And my yeah. I guess my my question is, and I'd like my hope is that when. John Brandon does finally decide that he wants to seek life elsewhere, that there is some sort of infrastructure in place within Northern Kentucky where it, where there is an opportunity for a, for a, either a, one of the assistants who's been with him for a long time well, to you know be who the, at the top or, yeah. Or somebody who has had connections with the program previously to come in and step in. And um, I guess that's that's where I would ideally like to see all of the Horizon League schools go. Because, again, as we've talked about over and over, coaches are going to come and go. Mm -hmm. that's, the, that's the nature of it. It's just a matter of what happens next. If you don't have a plan in place for what happens next, then you're going to be truly stuck. And I think that's well, the biggest yeah. – I really think that's the biggest issue – Within the Horizon League is because you have the ADs who don't – you have ADs who have not really had that foresight to consider that, and I'm not sure why. Well, here, here I will say this. You have to remember who the athletic director is at Northern Kentucky. It's Ken Buttoff, mm -hmm. who was the athletic director at Green Bay for a very long time. He was, yes. Yes, and Ken Buttoff is really good at hiring coaches. This is yes. the guy. This is the guy who, when Borseth left for Michigan, he hired 
Matt Bolant for the women's basketball team. And then when Bolant left for Illinois, he hired, he got Borseth to come back. He hired a coach from Michigan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't even think, Bor- if I remember correctly, I don't even think Borseth got fired from Michigan. I might be wrong. I don't pay too much attention to women's basketball. But Borseth is a guy who kept a program afloat mm-hmm. that does, doesn't have money. Like Green, Green Bay Athletics, Green Bay, the university does not have money. Cleveland State is a relatively large, you know, a medium-sized yeah. public university. Where, where, where's, where's the enrollment at? 18,000 or so? Uh, 17, 18,000 now. Somewhere okay. around there. Milwaukee, IUPUI, we're both large. We're like Big Ten-sized 30,000 mm-hmm. student schools. Yeah. Green Bay has like 6,000 students. It is the – of the – 13 UW schools that are four-year universities, it's like third smallest. Mm-hmm. Green Bay does not have the ability to raise money from students like the other private schools are or like Detroit Mercy can because if you need if you need like money fast, yeah. you need two million if you need two million dollars. <clears throat> Raising the at IUPUI or Milwaukee, we can raise the student fee, the student seg fee for athletics. You can raise it like fifty dollars over a year, mm-hmm. which doesn't really amount to much at Cleveland State. You raise like seventy five bucks a year, which is like maybe it's not a, yeah. That's it's not much. Students aren't going to notice that. They're not going to care all that much. But conversely. And Detroit, because it's a private school and the tuition's so damn high, you can you can raise it a ton. But at Green Bay, you, you, because it's a public school that has you know lower tuition, they can't raise. I mean, they literally have to raise the student fees by a couple hundred dollars to achieve what Milwaukee or IUPUI could do for that. So the reason I bring that up specifically is because Ken Buttoff was able to navigate that. And he was able to raise money, yeah, from from a from a small market, a tiny market. And that's the other thing. We're all in major media markets, yeah. which is and not is less. A, it's and less now he's about, in Northern Kentucky, and you know he's which is Cincinnati. It's, yeah. it's not a. It's it's not. I'm not saying that the media market size because we're looking for TV deals in the sense that no. like we're. I'm talking about media markets in the sense that. These yeah. are large cities with lots of opportunities sure. for corporate sponsorship, and Green mm-hmm. Bay doesn't have that. No. Green Bay doesn't have that, and he was able to do those things. Yeah, Ken Boff is a fantastic athletic director. He is a fantastic AD, and he no argument and there. I, I I trust him completely. When Brannon leaves, I am certain that he yeah. will have the right guy for that job. I agree. I so, I'm, I totally agree. Northern so. Kentucky is doing things the right way. Yes. In that they yeah. are their 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 students, their fans are saying this is what we want to be. They are throwing positivity out in spades. They've they, they got positive feelings in spades. And I cannot understate how important the power of positivity is. 
you have to have a reason for it. Like I can't just all of a sudden yeah. start being positive because I, oh yeah, Amanda Braun's the greatest. I can't do that. She's no. fucking awful. <laughs> but in Northern Kentucky, they have plenty of reason to be, you know, to, to be positive and they're doing and a, it. And in a conference and where, willing themselves. And in a conference where willing you're themselves desperate into a good, for, yeah. for positivity. And if when in a conference that you're, where you're desperate for positivity, Northern Kentucky has it in spades. They have the, they have that that arena is beautiful. Yeah, so. the arena is beautiful. They got a brand new baseball stadium. They got a brand new soccer yeah. stadium. They are they are preparing themselves to not be a Horizon League team. Yeah, but when they built those things, the Horizon League was where they were looking to be. Sure. And now so. now they'll let, they can set their sights higher, and that's fine. I want them to be higher. They can like raise their sights. Coaches, <laughs> yeah, raise their sights. <laughs> I don't, Chris, you weren't around for the. Do you remember the slogan, uh, "Raise your sights"? That they the still have it, had? Jimmy. <laughs> they still no, have but... it. I thought they. I thought they. No, they got rid of it, dude. Did they? Oh, who? They did. They did because John Lacrone. Reco- I'm sure John Lacrone's thinking to himself, eh, "Maybe we can't really raise our sights anymore. Maybe lower our <laughs> standards. I don't know." Um. So with that, um, and with that <laughs> happy note. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna go ahead and close out this episode chris thank you again for being on uh where can they where they can where can they find you online chris uh you can follow me on twitter at chris shooty three um obviously over at mid-major madness um I honestly don't know what our handle is off the top of my head, but underscore uh, uh, it is it is at mid underscore madness thank you thank you um yep you can find we got a lot of work on that there. because uh, because of your uh, because of the the glorious mascot uh, tournament that cl- that Magnus Cleveland State's mascot all, almost won, so that was fun. That's um, right, yeah. and we'll we'll probably have something of that ilk later in the summer. So, all right, great. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, yeah, definitely. Thanks again for for having me on. I appreciate great. it. And, Thanks, Chris. And as always, you can. Uh, find episodes of the Horizon Roundtable on sportshacks.com, H-A-X.com, and wherever you can find podcasts, iTunes, Pocket Cast, uh, TuneIn, Google Play, wherever. <laughs> so um, we'll, we'll see you again next week for another episode of the Horizon Roundtable.